Hello, and welcome to another episode of Otaku in Training. It has been a while since we've all gathered together. I'm your host, LB. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, CT. Evening. Uh, and our Otaku in Training, Bran. Hey. And we have a new voice joining us this time. We have our middle ground anime fan, not quite a newbie, not quite a veteran. Uh, Brittany, how are you doing? Um, I am well. Hello. <laughs> so, alright, before we get started, the subject for today's podcast is Steins Gate, uh, and we've got a lot to cover with this one this is kind of a packed series um before we get into our main topic though we always like to kind of check in with our new voices uh Brittany, uh i asked this of bran and bama when they joined our show i'm gonna ask the same of you brief overview of your history with anime kind of where when did you get started when what are some of your favorites? Uh, brief overview. So I was an early 90s infant. So um, I very much grew up around Toonami. And uh, I watched a ton of... Sorry. I just, I'm, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm scared. Okay. I'm scared, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, Go ahead. Uh, I really, really vibed with uh, Toonami and uh, watched a lot of DBZ and Sailor Moon when I was just like a toddler. Um, so it was just part of my like, you know, everyday entertainment growing up. And then I had, you know, kiddo insomnia. So I watched a bunch of Adult Swim. And so that was my other gateway. And um, so anime has always kind of been there. Um, I would probably say I'm still learning things all the time but um, my thing moreover is horror my favorite director is Satoshi Kon I like watching things that are uncomfy and weird and that you kind of have to pick apart and figure out but it's, yeah yeah um, I think yeah how much have you kept up since those days would you have periods where well, you weren't watching anything at all or just sort of light background well um it just it very it has varied a lot i consume a lot of different kinds of media and so anime wasn't necessarily a focus or something i was looking for you know maybe except for uh preteens when it was a very big deal um when there would be big releases um that I would end up hearing about. Um, I might end up checking them out myself. Um, I grew up with a friend who very who's very much an otaku, and um, he exposed um, me to a bunch of different series when they first came out, like Kobayashi Dragon Maid, mm. um, uh, Angel Beats. Uh, I'm not doing it justice, but um, that was another. Yeah, but there have been a few series um, that I wanted to go back and watch solo um, later on in adulthood and found that I liked them a lot more than I remembered. Probably just because they make more sense. 
there's more context now. Um, but I've been, I have been keeping up with a lot more series and exploring a lot of different kinds of series in general, particularly since meeting LB, but, uh, let's, let's call my level of exposure, not patrician, you know, <laughs> but also I'm not, not a, yeah, not, a, not a plebe either. Um, anime literate, not like hardcore, not hardcore dedicated, uh, lifelong works. person, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That that's my backstory at the end. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. And okay. definitely best to frame everything through uh, ancient Roman terminology. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, alright, with that out of the way, let's go ahead, let's start talking about our main topic, Steins Gate. Steins Gate was a 2011 series from Studio White Fox, I want to say? Am I right? Yes, right. correct. So White Fox, was their third just, just to interject a little, it was their third series, and the one immediately prior to this was Katana Guitari, so <laughs> frankly, for a studios starting endeavors that's uh that's some hot shit right there yeah yeah i gotta <laughs> agree with that so i um seeing as how he is our resident detail expert we're gonna let ct give us a brief <laughs> overview steinsgate what is it about in as brief of terms as you can I mean, I'm not sure how much you need to know going in other than it has a uh, visual novel source for it. So it kind of introduces you to the type of uh, storytelling methodology that it adopts throughout. It uh, has complex storylines that are very sci-fi very immediately into time looping and uh, quasi-time travel. It's it's very anime still. <laughs> <laughs> in, in all of the best and occasionally worst uh, meanings of the word, but it, it incorporates that into one of the harder kind of sci-fi uh, premises that you're likely to run across. So... I don't think the the utter core of it needs to be worked out. We we start with a uh, our main characters meeting each other, but then they start re-meeting each other, and the world starts changing around them, and the the devil is kind of in the details for this. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to flip something over to Bran first mm. because you're the more video game aligned of it. And I was curious whether or not this was something in its visual novel form that ran across your radar back in the day. I forget what kind of VN exposure you have in general. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. So back in the day, I actually used to write game news stuff and uh, <clears throat> excuse me one sec. Did a little bit of choking there. I'm good. Sure. <laughs> a little bit it's fine uh so well i used to write about video games and um 
we did cover a fair amount of like JRPG stuff. And so I did actually, I probably wrote a couple of articles about Steins Gate. It was like, this is kind of interesting, you know, but I never actually got around to playing it. Uh, and I did uh, kind of, I was watching it and I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of uh nonary games. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I can even see where like you've got the different branching paths with the conversations and stuff. And so I, I've been meaning to actually go and play Steins Gate. I've actually got it sitting on my desktop. I just haven't had a chance <laughs> to jump into it. Right on. This was also for you, at least the first uh, pulling into doing a, uh, uh, two core since we picked up we've been doing yes. one core series and lb and i had kind of decided on uh steins gate being the two core introduction because it's very much it's one of the uh most well-known and things people get excited over and you know you're you're challenging yourself to plot yeah. 24 episodes or that many episodes together into uh the into detail and into uh either a solid structure or something that fell apart uh when you were going into it did you have any reservations or thoughts about that in particular since you at least also knew some of the concept of it uh actually it's kind of like the perfect two core for me to start off on because i'm a huge sci-fi nerd like my favorite Star Trek episodes are always the time loop episodes. So this <clears> was like right up my alley. Um, so this is, this is pretty perfect for uh, uh, going into two core. And I, I was like, yeah, I, you know, that halfway point, I was like, let's go. And I just kept, I probably went through like 10 episodes in one day. Awesome. Always Makes love sense. that. Yeah. So you want to I'd start like to, leaning into the episode progression and then uh, pulling around for four thoughts. I'm not sure if you have a, a particular pace you want to uh, approach the series in, LB. Um, I was actually just about to go ahead. Uh, I want to take this in kind of chunks. Basically, so I'm going to turn a question over to both Bran and Brittany. Um, I'm going to start with Bran. Uh, so basically, Steinscape, when I was re-watching this series for the podcast, I remembered mm -hmm. how much of a slow burn series this is. It, yeah. because it's based on a pretty lengthy visual novel, it takes its time to introduce its story and really start amping things up. It takes a good mm -hmm. six episodes, I'd say for all the characters to get introduced, you know, get a basic idea of what their role is in the overall narrative um, before things start picking up. So I'm going to start with Bran, and then, like I said, I'll, I'll jump over to Brittany. Over those first six, seven episodes or so, when it was first introducing things, what were your first impressions? Because I know when Brittany and I were watching it, Brittany was having a little harder time getting into it. I'm kind of curious how your first reactions to those first initial setup episodes were. Uh, I think I actually 
I was enjoying them. Uh, it, I did recognize that it was a little bit slow, but I think not necessarily knowing exactly where the time loopy stuff was really going to kick up and what the store main chunk of the story was going to be. I was kind of along for the ride to like take in all the details. Cause I was uh, maybe, maybe it was just anticipation. I was like, it's going to happen any minute. Like, and then we're just <laughs> into it and you got to be ready for that, you know? So I think not knowing necessarily where it started actually made the slow burn more enjoyable. Um, and really, I, I remember the beginning of it just mostly being that my main problem was uh, Ocarine just kind of being a dick. And I was yeah, like, exactly. And oh like, God. can you just back Ocarine off? And Daru. Yeah, like tone it down just a little just, bit. Jeez. Just a little bit. Like, guys, like, people will tell you not to do a thing, and then you will just, just do it over and over and like that was a little bit much i was like but okay also, this yeah. bit can end now uh but other than that for the most part i kind of enjoyed the slow burn awesome uh Brittany, i'm gonna rephrase my question slightly for you because like i mentioned a few minutes ago um you yeah. were from what i could tell when we were watching it together you were enjoying the series ish but it took you a while to really get into it so i'd like for you to kind of think back to those first initial episodes did you have a particular episode or a particular moment where the flip where the switch in your head kind of got flicked and you were like okay now you know things are getting interesting now i'm starting to get into it a bit more okay i think i can explain um so i'm gonna write down a note so that i stay focused because <laughs> i'm really awful so when i first started watching steins gate um i had basically I didn't know that much about it. I went into it pretty blind, and but all I knew is, okay, sci-fi, time travel, antics, stuff, mind-bendy stuff. But it did start out with um, just kind of a neckbeard nest, and then uh, my Yuri being with them, and I like how, you know, when Makise Kurisu shows up, she's like, I'm kind of concerned about your safety, like a little bit, like these guys are kind of lechers, like what is going on? <laughs> like when she finally came into the show, I was like, okay, honestly, she's asking questions that are pretty valid. Um, yeah. Like uh, she, she kind of lended more credibility to the story and kind of helped it get more focused because in the beginning I was watching for details because I was like, all right, it, here's the setup here's all this information and these people and these conditions and here are the things they're saying out loud. And then here are the things that, you know, like the furtive glances over shoulder. What are they hinting at? Where's this going to go? And so I'm just focusing really hard on all the details, but yeah, just listening to the banter of Daru and Okabe was, it just, it felt irritating. I knew it was going to go somewhere more specific i knew it was going to get better it also didn't help that i i think I, I think i was just like in a bad mood or bad headspace when i first started watching this so i felt extra impatient i just felt like y'all dicks get to the point 
Um, but I, I bet this is this is definitely a show that would um, only appreciate in value the more times you watch it. Um, but I think, yeah, at first I just I felt frustrated because it didn't seem very focused. But I think it ends up being a, a strength. It's like the more time I spend around people, the characters, uh, even those who speak <laughs> at very loud volumes and piss their landlord off every day or every other day. Um, but it really, it's the progression of the show is interesting because as the lab members come together and the lab forms and they kind of form you know, like their, their little group. Um, I, it felt comfier. Uh, like just over time I accepted, okay, that's just who person is. That's just who person is. Um, and I got to see more parts of characters that, you know, I think Daru's still, (laughs) (laughs) he's like, well, my, my daughter, guess you'll, I just, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if to, yeah okay um <laughs> uh but I guess I, I think, sorry complete no it's okay I just um but I think that when Kurisu shows up and they actually start talking about what they're collaborating on and what they're working on and they actually start yielding more results that started to get increasingly exciting and I do like that it starts out kind of slow and almost like a lethargic, boring, hot summer. And then it turns into just insanity. And there are other series I've enjoyed that are, ooh, I, I like, I haven't seen Ghost in the Shell in a really long time, but I think it has a similar thing going on. And I know there are a bunch of different Ghost in the Shells, a bunch of different iterations, but um, the one had like two seasons came out in like 2004 if you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah Yeah, some of that standalone complex yes standalone complex where it starts really slow but then like things start chugging chugging as you get more like details and that yeah that seems to be the progress of many a sci-fi thing is of course their world building and introducing Mm -hmm. the elements and then yeah you gotta wait a bit before uh, everything starts uh, building the, you know, the action momentum. Yeah, and it's it was kind of fun, because I went from starting off, like, you know, being like, these people can go get bent. Why should I care about any of them? They're so <laughs> annoying to, like, oh my god, uh, everyone's so special and precious, and life is precious, <laughs> and they... <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I was yeah, I was kind of blown away by where the show ended up going. Um it I was not expecting like fields, which is silly because time travel messes with everything. Yeah. And oh oh I was so frustrated watching them just be like, Oh, you need a thing? Oh, you wanna text your mom about eating vegetables? Because it might work. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's just freaking 
Do oh, it. you just want to send a random text message that can change time itself? Sure. Okay. It's, it's the zombie thing, right? It's the, <laughs> have you never heard of zombies before? You're like, <laughs> do you not understand how time shenanigans ha- affect things? Like, yeah. We're going to do this thing. Like, was... should we not consider it? Yeah. And nah. it was, no. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, One bouncing off uh, some of the early comments about specifically about Daru and uh, Ho In Kyoma being, you know, (laughs) gigantically annoying, uh, especially in the beginning. Uh, Just for clarification, I'm curious whether or not folks watched the sub or the dub. For me, of course, I did the. uh, uh, I I rather assume from from you you'd watch the dub, yeah. Uh, but that just for me with the sub, I find that you know Mamoru Miyano is obviously a huge voice actor, but he has one of the most he can get into one of the most aggravating vocal spaces <laughs> possible, especially when he's just doing over the top insanity, which is yep. every mad scientist thing. Uh, so what, which, uh, which route did you, <laughs> which route, which path did you take, Bran? Uh, I believe I watched the sub. I, I watched it like, you know, a few months ago. So yeah, we'll talk about it. I, I'm pretty sure I okay. watched the sub. And Daru kind of has a, a, a kind <laughs> of annoying voice as well. Yeah. I'm curious if LB, with your, you know, watching it at different points over time, do you have a point of comparison as to sub and dub the way that they're reflected? Are they kind of matching the the vocal type, or do you not have? Did you never watch the sub? Because I've only watched like four episodes of the sub uh and that was back when it was very first released right uh, so any other time that i've actually completed the series i've watched it dubbed okay more more point of curiosity because uh, especially with miyano uh yeah. the way the way that uh okabe gets uh uh psychotic as it were yeah i get it <laughs> Goes, uh, um and ct i'm now. curious uh yeah. did you when you first watched this series did you watch it weekly when it aired or when did you first encounter this series i did not i was not I'd, i don't even think that uh anyone was doing competent uh simulcasts at the time because that no, was 2011 to sail the high seas to get this one yeah no i i was not uh <laughs> I was not uh, keeping up with anything that way. It would take kind of until Sword Art Online broke Crunchyroll into the more mainstream and then picking up more titles for me to start getting into stuff. So late, late 2012. uh, uh, So this one I didn't watch weekly. Neither did I watch uh, Madoka Magica weekly. I, you know, collected them a few years down. And uh, this was one where I kept trying to get friends into it as well. So I think I watched the first half of it multiple times. But somehow we never proceeded to the back half of it, which is a weird way to to take it. Yeah. Uh, People I watched with needed a breather at the midpoint and then uh, never got back to it. And it was a little bit funny. 
I, we'll we'll uh, get there. Brian, you wanted to interject? Yeah, this is not important at all. But are you, did you say that Sword Art Online is what got Crunchyroll going? Uh, what I mean, it, it was one of the first to really help it. No kidding. Attack on okay. Titan. Right. Oh, I actually that just okay. blew my mind. <laughs> uh, that, well, that just brought back a memory. Um, in like it would have been like 2013, 2014. Um, my family, I wasn't living with them anymore, but I would still visit and stuff. Um, but my family would host um, foreign exchange students from Japan. And so uh, there were like different sets of like, um, and it was, it was awesome. Uh, mm. Like they were super fun. And I remember at the time they were so, so, so into Attack on Titan and um sort out online and they were like keeping up with ongoing and yeah it was but um it was before i had heard much about it either but yeah those those two are obvious things that picked up and became very popular for a a much more normy kind of crowd and became uh, uh mimetic but i think both of them together kind of made it so that Crunchyroll got a lot more subscriptions and attention into legal streaming and managed to flex their muscles to pick up more and more series. So that yeah. that feels like the momentum point uh, for Crunchyroll in general. Mind blown. Yeah, right? So, all right. Uh, so we've talked about the first you know, few episodes and the ramping up of the series and getting into the main, getting into the main bit. Brittany, I'm going to turn it over to you first for this next question. Um, Okay. So during the middle portion, we're getting about to the halfway mark of the series when the story is really ramping up. Um, Characters are starting to reveal what their inner what their backgrounds are shining fingers working for cern yeah and uh and uh what's her name is actually john teeter you know know, things like that so my question for you is you have watched a lot of you know twisted psychological series over the years Mm-hmm. Did Stein's Gate manage to keep surprising you, or at any point did you start to did you start to figure out kind of the inner mechanisms and see things coming, or did it did was it keeping you on your toes? How did it succeed in that regard? Hmm. This is actually. Hmm. I would So I think what happened Sorry, there are like two things I want to say at the same time. <laughs> uh, one of them is uh I am going to give an answer about this, but also um it might I don't know I don't like expect you to have remembered, but I know that throughout the series as things would happen or they would have like a cliffhanger ending i would be like oh man they're gonna do blank they're totally oh my yeah and so i don't know if you recall any points in time when 
I made a correct or super incorrect prediction. Um, I was starting to wonder towards the end, which is not a part of your question. Um, like when it came down to, okay, it seems like the time Lords care mm. about life for a life. They are old Testament. Um, yeah. So, um, so it made me, there were things that were not super surprising for like a time travel series. Um, there were beats that I have seen in other stories before, but I liked the way that they were used. So like I didn't, and I, it was still really like innovative and interesting. Um, I got super into it uh, once things started picking up and I did need to like take a break from it sometimes because it, it ended up being like super heavy. Um, you know, when every, everyone's just dying over and over again. Um, also I, uh, uh, uh hmm. 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 This is really dumb to ask now, but, um, spoilers, spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Spoilers are fine. <laughs> okay. I figured. No, um, it's fine. Sorry. I should have been clear about that before. We do. We, we, we didn't technically give the audience a spoiler warning, but that's kind of the concept of the uh, thing is you pick a series and you talk all about it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, go yeah. For it. Sorry. Sorry. I just felt worried for a second. Um, but trying to get back to what your original question was. The, oh, yeah. Expectations. Expectations yeah. and surprise, and uh... it it was really good. It would, you know, have moments of despair, and you'd be like, "Damn, everything is messed up now. What are they gonna do?" Okabe's totally emotionally destroyed. <laughs> we can't go anymore. Uh, and then, it, like, I, it felt paced well. I think the only thing that bothered me was how, like, all their hubris in the beginning. Like, if they're studying time travel and they're, like, mm. avid enthusiasts, I understand deciding I'm going to compromise safety. Like, you know, forget about it. Let's just try stuff and see what happens because this is exciting. New territory. But um, I cannot believe that they just with reckless abandon kept changing the past and we're like, it's fine. And it doesn't take it till later, later after they've been doing it a minute. And Curry seems like, so there's this thing called the butterfly effect. Mm. And I'm like, that should have, that should have, I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> but to be, to be fair, there's only mm -hmm. one person who understands the extent of the world changes going on. And he has a hard time convincing other people even that it's going on, but you yeah. think that would have reigned uh, Okabe in just a tad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting part of the series as well, is um, like that kind of just like isolation, that singular experience that no, like people can't share with you, but it made it a good reveal that 
there was kind of a method for people recovering memories from different um, timelines that they had lived. World like, lines. World lines. Excuse me. Yeah, I, well, I keep. I keep well, we, we have to use their terminology, or no? You're totally right. Yeah. I just I couldn't I couldn't remember the word. Um, yeah, the world the world lines. So, Bran, um, I want to go ahead. I want to interject and toss it over to you as well, because you mentioned earlier that you are an experienced sci-fi fan. You like time yeah. travel series. So I'm posing the same question to you. Did you find that this series like kept you on your toes or were the story beats familiar enough that you kind of saw things coming? Uh, sort of yes and no. Like uh, as Brittany was saying, like there's a lot of um, tropey activities happening that were not particularly surprising on their own, but there were elements of it that kind of were surprising. Uh, one of them is actually, yeah, things kind of just start turning really bad a lot sooner than I thought, because some of the stuff feels like it would be closer to like a climax of the story, you know, like 10 episodes further in than where it starts. Um, and so, yeah, it, it burns in a different way than I feel like other time travel type things work. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting was how interested it was in the, they're not really side stories, but how interested they are in the effects of these changes on people. It's not just concerned with its main plot of like, well, how did this affect us breaking this time loop and getting to the, you know, I can't remember the primary world line or the uh, uh, 1% breaking the 1% barrier or whatever it was. Um, it's not just interested in that. It's like very interested in like what it means for Ferris to like get her dad back and how that affects her um, and all sorts of stuff like that, where it's like, it's not just the main plot, which is very often what happens is everything is just a side thing to a main plot. Uh, it actually gave a crap about the side stories. They took a, a central focus when that thing was happening in a way that isn't, I don't feel particularly common. It, which I mean, kind of makes sense too, right? Because the structure of the show, which, you know, spoilers is that essentially all of the shit that they end up doing, they kind of walk back. They have to undo all of it. And so <laughs> they have to clean so, up their messes. So yeah, that's that's the emotional punches. You you are along for the ride of like fixing all of these things, but then you have to unfix them to fix stuff. Which is almost like more painful than yeah. the tough situation to begin with. Mm -hmm. But you have to fix them in a way that doesn't cause a uh, you know a causality right issue with it. So and it has to. Uh, uh, appear from you know the earlier scenes once they get back everything has to uh flow from right. the entire setup which of course is nifty in general and again i, I think you're right Brittany, that it, it kind of feeds into that particular experience that he's having of like what does it mean to have the ability to remember all of this mm -hmm. and to 
effectively, even though he's not time traveling, have something like the experience of time traveling and how incredibly frustrating it must be to have all of that power and have no power. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think it kind of makes it more um, uh, just the way that the, the world is set up and the characters behave in their world is um, it feels natural and believable. I probably because we watch it over and over and over and over again. So it becomes mm-hmm. more familiar, but like, um, I think it makes it more impressive and telling that, um, he just happens to be surrounded by all the right people who actually under some circumstances will actually believe him. Right. And I, sorry for saying actually like three, three <laughs> or t- t- twice or whatever. Okay. And, um, yeah, my, tra- my train of thought is gone. I'm sorry. Yeah, There's, it is, I think, having, you know, as you watch it, it does, I don't want to say redeem the kind of crap from the beginning, but it, it <laughs> is, it because it, it does go too far <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> with, with a bunch of that stuff, but it is trying to establish, so... In, in the original series of Star Trek, there's the Mirrorverse that they go into and whatever, uh-huh. they get stuck. And But the kicker of it is that it turns out that Spock is essentially the same. And that's kind of what the beginning of this is kind of trying to set up, is that these people are always essentially the same. They may have, you know, different wants or desires or problems or whatever in a given situation, but they are functionally the same people, no matter how this world swerves and changes and so it it is intentionally you know is not just through the time loops but also by repeating behaviors establishing who these people are so that you have a sort of understanding of how these pieces interlock Mm -hmm. so i want to go ahead and jump in again um so, quick reminder, CT, since how long has it been since you've watched this series? When you rewatched the series for the podcast, like how long ago had you? Uh, I'm going to assume the first time I probably watched through it was 2013 or 2014. And you haven't I mean, it since? I hadn't, not until we were uh, technically. Around that time, you know, within a couple years, I had tried to get uh, some friends and others into it, like I said, and <clears throat> we kept getting to about the halfway point and then mm-hmm. stopped. So I didn't get full rewatches. So okay. I, I think I'd watched all of it once and then the first half of it twice more <laughs> okay. and then all of it again uh, when we were originally scheduled to uh, to do this. So uh, okay. it's been a number of months since I did that rewatch. Alright, no worries. So, alright, uh, my question for all of you, and I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna start with CT and just kind of work my way down 
in the latter half of the series, when we are getting through the part where Okabe is undoing all the text messages that he sent to the back, that they sent to the past, uh, in order to get back to the original world line that they were on. With those different text messages being sent back, I personally, when I watched, was rewatching the series, I had kind of forgotten about some of this part. I knew that it was happening, but I couldn't, re- I, and I remembered it happening, but I couldn't remember specifics until I watched it again. Um, did you have, we've been talking about like the unexpected feels that this series can deliver on. And so again, I'm going to ask this to all of you, but starting with CT, did you have a particular one of these text messages that you kind of, kind of got gut punched by? Was there anything that you were remembering from like a previous watch through that you were like, okay, yeah, this one is extra tough to sit through or were they all just kind of, similar in their impact oh uh yeah that's hard when you i like re-watching a series like this because yeah certainly like brian said before others uh, uh Brittany mentioned it's definitely rewarding rewatches in the future because now that you either remember or you know know more going in, you're busy watching all of the setup steps that you know will uh, get get tracked out, and you're busy trying to figure out okay, were these set up properly, or were they just kind of jankly uh, uh, stacked on top of each other, and they sort of blunt force went through them. So. I don't recall anything from the removals that really hit me hard. I think it's one of those things where right at the the real gut punch moment, of course, is exactly in the halfway point when Mayuri is killed. Everything, you know, that that is when the shit officially hits the fan. And of course, after that, we know that he's able to try to undo this but the the following episodes where he keeps failing to save her that's really where i think everything is sitting with the the biggest pit in it is the inflection point that the series pulls there so less less when they're undoing everything later on and more just right around where the series turns uh, uh the corner and the sense of, you know, futility and fatality that uh, that was set up there. Okay, uh, yeah, that makes sense. I suspect that just because I knew everything that was going to happen on a rewatch, it's hard for me to get particularly invested. I'm kind of waiting for everything to pull back around and, you know, cinch things up in a in a nice bow because I'm waiting for the conclusion more than I'm writing each of those individual you know how did these characters get affected what did this uh take back due to the world that uh 
that hits me in the in the feels. So in mm. in that case, I don't think there was anything specific. Okay, Brian, let me shoot it over to you. Uh, in these moments in the latter half of the series, would you agree that you know Mayuri's death was kind of the biggest gut punch, or did you have anything in the latter half that kind of hit you harder, or how are you feeling about those moments? Uh, yeah, I, I mostly agree. Uh, the Maori stuff was just kind of like, that was rough. Like, cause I think that's also the part where you start to really sympathize with his plight of going back over and over and trying so hard and being torn apart. Like that's really the part where he starts to kind of unravel. And so it's a particularly, um, I don't even know if necessarily emotional because she keeps dying, because I think to some extent you can still kind of feel that he's going to find a way to save her no matter what happens. Um, but you start to feel for him in a way that you really haven't yet. Um, so I do feel like that's maybe, you know, that is definitely the biggest thing uh, of the things that were being undone was Luca, I think, because that just, I don't know, that hit kind of rough. <laughs> I was like, that just, that's the worst. But can't put my finger on it. Uh, Brittany, how about you? Was there anything in the latter half of the series that kind of hit you harder? Or what, how are you feeling about these story beats? Well, um, like... Each of the reversals, um, they hurt in different ways. It's like getting shivved in different places and having knife <laughs> twisties, but in, you know. Um, I think that the, the worst one for me, because a lot of these are basically, it's wish fulfillment for people that uh, Okabe cares about and wants to have like live their best lives or um but it's having to like scale back and undo all those things and then what is life taking those things away but still remembering them and it's the you know is it is it better to have loved and lost like loved <laughs> your life and then lost that life but you remember it uh or are you better off not knowing or having not done the thing um but I think that the most gut punchy moment is because so when the show starts and uh, Kurisu gets murdered and then uh, that's kind of what kicks things off. I kept waiting for them to come back to that because, you know, he gets so consumed and obsessed with trying to save Mayuri that I was like, okay, there's gonna eventually this is gonna come back. Like if they're actually successful with undoing things like this, with this method, then uh Karisu's gonna have to die. And then what's gonna happen there is it made me start thinking like, okay, is Ogreen just gonna like sacrifice his life or find a timeline where he's kaput and then everybody else um, gets to live happy lives, which I'm glad they didn't do that. It would feel, this feels 
better. It's a lot more interesting that these characters get to continue on and maintain a lot of memories. And if not memories, like they, they don't have, it, it's cool that later they end up going into, it's not so much a special ability some people have. It's like, you just need to pass over the right place or you need to sit in this chair and then spatially you'll start to recall those things. This is a lot of tangents. Okay, basically, so once they finally have undone all all that shit, and then Okabe, you know, is like, all right, I think I'm getting closer to, you know, saving Mayuri, and Kurisu is helping him every time figure this shit out. And she's invested, and she, you know, ends up believing him, sometimes not easily, which, that would be an insult to her intelligence, uh, if she was just like, okay, yeah, for sure, yeah, all right. And, uh, but when he finally, he's been so consumed, when he finally realizes, like, oh my god, I faced the same exact, uh, not same exact, <laughs> hmm. uh, but, you know, I'm kind of facing the same trial here, just with a different person. And it's just like compounding that experience of loss and just being traumatized over and over and over again. And it's kind of like, um, it, as you're watching it, it's so good at making you feel that, like, that really awful fear of, and helplessness of, like, losing someone and knowing that you're going to lose them. And there's nothing that you can do at some points in the series. They do find solutions, but they do it, they do it in a way that feels earned, like, satisfying. It makes sense. Um... But yeah, I think that was the largest like gut punchy thing is, am I ultimately going like, what do you even do in that situation? Um, I got to pick this loved one over this loved one. Or, yeah. Untaro's uh, choice. Yeah. No. It's a, not just a loved one, but one you've come to love more as a result of trying to save the other. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, and it, it's like he doesn't—he doesn't realize how much he appreciates person he might have to lose as well until, you know, it becomes reality that oh, I completely overlooked this thing. That's yeah. It's when you watch it, you feel exhausted and you feel like hopeless when you when that's brought to the forefront again. Um, and it makes it, you know, it makes the stakes feel important. Like you're, yeah. And the unconventional reversals and sometimes it just feels like, uh, there's a bit of deus ex machina, of course, because you do get Rintaro of the future, you yep. know, to the rescue at the very end, but... Yeah. Prior to that, you're yeah. still pulling for the people, and they're just pulling through as they can, rather than having a an exacting plan that they're going through. They're just figuring shit out and, uh, and yeah. trying to uh, take care of it as best they can to uh, to get back to the main world line and achieve Stein's Gatory 
breach the one percent divergence using reading Steiner. Uh, sorry, all of the oh, reading Steiner. Reading Steiner. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> stripes posing closet. <laughs> I was actually thinking about those poses and I was like, man, I feel Hell like yeah. I can picture them on a screen with a text box. Yeah. You know? yeah. There is some mad chunibyo going on with this man. So, uh, LB, you also occasionally have to uh, answer your own questions, you see. You can't just sit there in the corner making everyone else do the heavy lifting. It's a loop. So, uh, I'm guiding when... the discourse. <laughs> I see. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the same kind of question. When when was the first time you watched it? How often had you prior to the this most recent rewatch? And how did that sort of affect, you know, front half, back half? And, uh... Yeah, yeah. So, all right, my experience with Steins Gate is actually pretty straightforward. Um, I sailed the high seas when it first sure. came out because this was a period of time when i was downloading everything and every and anything because i had a high-speed internet and i was loving every moment of it <laughs> yeah yo, um, yeah yo so i actually did download the first like four episodes of this series and watched it fan subbed i found that the technical jargon that they were throwing around in the beginning episodes were really difficult for me to follow in Japanese. So I dropped it. I didn't, I wasn't getting into it. So I didn't watch it and I didn't think about it again. And then a few years later, I was doing one of my iterations of the expanding horizons podcast and someone recommended this show to me. So I went ahead. That's when I watched it all the way through um, I watched it dubbed, and that made it a lot easier to follow. The dub's um, very good as well. Yes, yes. And really enjoyed it, really appreciated what I saw, gave it a high rating. Um, I was planning to re-watch it again a couple of years later, but I didn't get around to it. And so, yeah, the most re so it's been a good five years at least since I've watched the series from beginning to end. Um, in terms of like what I remembered before and as opposed to what I remember, what was coming back to me as I was rewatching it recently, um, I remembered a lot of the main story beats, but I didn't remember a lot of details. I had completely forgotten about Mayuri um, being shot and killed and um, ha and that being the major catalyst of the second half. I had forgotten about that. I remembered that something big happened and that they were going to have to go back and undo a whole bunch of things in order to make that happen. Um but I didn't remember what the catalyst was. Rewatching it this time, I have to agree with CT that that's kind of the big thing that was kind of pushing me forward. Once we got to the point where Kurisu uh, was starting to get more involved again and Okabe was relying on her a bit more and their relationship started growing, that became my new hooking point of what I wanted to see more of. Um, so yeah, but Steinsgate 
Uh, I initially didn't like it when it was first released, like I said, just because I didn't... I found that the story was not good to watch weekly. Um, it was just too much to take in on a weekly basis and retain it all while reading subtitles. Um, but I will say that, yeah, I really enjoyed it when I watched it all the way through a few years ago. I really enjoyed it when I rewatched it this time. Um, I am curious to know, so Brittany, uh, was not aware of this when we finished the first season and I informed her, Bran, were you familiar with the fact that Steinsgate actually has a sequel? Uh, I was unaware that there was a sequel per se. I knew there was a ton of Steinsgate stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is a sequel, and I'm kind of curious, having watched first season, did you also watch the episode 25 OVA where they kind of tied up all the stories with the trip to the United States? No. I, oh, I you missed that. So I got to watch that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, there is an... The series ends at episode 24, and then there's an episode 25 OVA. It may not be available on Hulu. You may have to seek it out on, like, Funimation or something. Yeah, or I think that's why I didn't watch there. it. <laughs> it is called Egoistic Poriomania, though, so yes. you got that to look forward Perfect. to. But yeah, it's an episode 25 OVA that kind of ties up loose ends a little bit. Um, having, but... Okay, so this may change my question just slightly, but having seen episode 24, having to see the way the series originally ended, do, are you interested in watching the sequel, or do you feel like the first se- the, fir- the Steins Gate ended in a satisfactory enough way that you don't want to risk going further? Well... I have to say, Having, that, like keeping in mind that you know you have no idea what the sequel is about or anything like that, I've realized right. that. But huh. the idea of a sequel, how how is that how is that reaching you? I mean, I, I my first reaction was like, hell yeah, I'm down for that. And then I had I was reflecting on, I was like, but why? Because like I feel like this this ended really well, and uh, I don't even I can't conceptualize what the hell a sequel would be. And, or or them doing a good enough job to like feel like it's of a piece with this. And I think it's because jumping into it feels like the most Steinsgate thing I can do. Like, you know what? Sure. Let's friggin' go and see what the hell happens. Let's roll these dice, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, Brittany, same thing to you. How are you feeling about the idea of a sequel? And you have the benefit of you did watch the episode 25 OVA that kind of tied up the loose ends. Having seen that, how do you feel about them releasing a sequel? Is there any interest in your brain in checking it out at some point? Not necessarily for this podcast, but just in general. Well... It's really hard. It's really hard to say. Um, so we had the we had the complete story, but this is all based on a visual novel, and so uh-huh. I feel like I have questions about that. Are there characters 
that we just didn't even see or get to meet in the show. Uh, um, and yeah, I'm not sure actually. But like they're uh, the like it was a it was a good story, and oh my god. <laughs> it was a good story. <laughs> and me like me like this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, it was. Uh, it. I know there's some Deus Ex Machina stuff going on. Honestly, I was. I was. I had that feeling things were gonna eventually work out, but like it still made you like. It still felt like it was a slog for some of the characters. Some things were very, very fortuitous in the end. But, you know, overall, as a whole, it, it it's not easy. It's not easy to tell a, a compelling story from beginning to end. It, mm. I feel like... But it that's what kind of made me nervous about watching the OVA afterwards, because the conflict is pretty much taken care of and i think that what we're left with is only strengthened by whatever exists in our imagination of how these people continue living their lives but not necessarily because there could still be other stories to tell um part of this story was about preventing sorry one second I'll edit this out, no worries. <laughs> oh, we still have lots of time left. Sorry, I just got offered birthday cake. Uh, oh, well then. That's I, no, I, I sent it back. Um, or, uh, <laughs> I, I, okay. Um, <laughs> what the hell was I saying? Um, frick. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. It was a little bit apprehensive about watching the OVA afterwards because it just it felt good enough on its own and I feel like most of the time trying to go back and add more just it's either not the same the team is different or it's like years later and I think you said like it was like six or more years had passed between the first season being released and then second season yeah so like there could be more compelling stories to tell in that world or with the same technology, but with different characters. Um, I think it just comes down to how good of a job they could do telling another story. But it, if that makes sense, but mm -hmm. um, the OVA was good though. It was, it just felt like aftercare after watching everyone die over and over. <laughs> they're just like, they're just in the the, the southwest u.s like that's where i'm from and they got the light perfect that's something i really <laughs> liked about that episode um because you have yeah you have air pollution and you have these big mountains it's just giant desert and the light's really pretty and i i liked watching them just like fuck around at an event and be dumb and the conflict there is just like okay uh Okabe and uh, Kurisu are awkward asses. And they just, they could be so happy together, but they're just awkward as hell. 
So let them figure that out. And so that was nice. It's kind of a send off the characters and show you the face of Suzuha's mom who's going to party in Vegas. <laughs> I d- <laughs> yeah, figure that one out. And um, <laughs> But uh, I would be like a little bit scared to try watching the second one because I don't know if it could I feel a little like it's more likely that it would not improve on the original story that I watched, at least mm-hmm. in my head. But I would be willing to watch it just to see what it's like, to okay. see what happened, or if they build on that story in an interesting way. Um, because you've still got CERN, you've still got those files about people turning into Jello, which I thought would come into play a lot more. That we were going to see someone turn into Jello. Um, <clears throat> we got gel nanas, but Ooh. no gel peoples. Yeah, they were implied. Yeah, and CERN just kind of you know went away, which is a little weird. Yeah, uh, just stopped being a problem. See, that was a little confusing to me too. The, the like Moeka was acting as an agent on someone else's orders. Uh, but then in the end, it's just like, no, nah, it's fine. Whatever. It, we went bleh. That, that was a little bit strange. Oh, she was hung out to dry at that point. So. Yeah. So before we get into like overall opinions, I want to go ahead. I want to take, a couple of moments for everyone to be able to not necessarily talk about the story some more, but I'm kind of curious. Steinsgate is more than just its story. It's actually a really good overall package. I think that the animation is good for the series. I think that um, the mute, the background music is good. The theme songs are really fun to listen to. Hacking to the gate is a bop. Mm. Um, Stuck in my head every day since we like started watching it. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, but I'm kind of curious. Um, I will, I will chime in at the end. Uh, CT, let's go ahead and start with you. Did you have any aspects of this series besides the story that you particularly enjoyed? Was there, I know you like to pay attention to the crew. Was there anyone on the crew that you would single out as, uh, do, as particularly memorable for you? Besides the lead actor, which we've talked about. <laughs> Miata. Um, not not specifically in this case. I mean, it's largely just me enjoying the characters as an overall cast and how they uh, and how they crisscross. In this case, the plot itself is doing all of the heavy lifting. So while I'm enjoying a lot of the uh, uh, ins and outs, you know, most of the hook comes down to that. I think. Uh, if I were to take, you know, an odd episode out of it that I thought went across well was, uh, in this case, when removing uh, uh, Ruka's 
D-mail by the end, and it's just kind of a going out on a date on the town with Rintaro episode. Yeah. And the yeah. interaction between the two of them was great, because you felt there was established history in the beginning, but you didn't feel a whole lot at that point. But, you know, later on, I forget which episode that is, but it's, you know, like 19 or, or in that area. <clears throat> so it turns into you're kind of getting a look at the sort of, uh, uh, you know, friendship that they would have had or possibility of relationship they would have had if things were different prior to all of the insanity going on in the series. So we sort of get back-ended the character relationship front-end uh, there, and I, I like that as you know, the character moments between the the two of them, but, uh, you know, the, the gang in general. Um, I'm not sure if there is anything else in particular. I usually look at the composers, of course, and the, uh, the directors. In this case, the anime had multiple directors and multiple folks on music because, of course, they had the video game side of it, and I suspect mm -hmm. one of the others who was doing the refining for the anime and adding certain things, but you had a lot of it that was driven by uh, Takeshi Abo, who was doing an awful lot of, you know, the the Magic Ink and the Nitro Plus. All, all of the science adventure stuff in general, so I think it would have hit with me if I watched more of the shows or played more of the visual novels That's in fair. general. I can't trace that through anime which of course is is my larger hook yeah uh so nothing nothing too too much in particular uh it's just really enjoying it as a package whole and picking out some of the uh you know the, the some of the best character moments of course are just the most dramatic moments that you're going to get whether it's set up by the plot or set up as you know they believe they're uh going to be parting forever and someone's about to die that kind of thing you you get some nice smaller moments even with crazy ass ochre in at the end uh <laughs> Which is a, a nice way to sort of soften into uh, the ultimate resolution. But uh, yeah, th this really is one of those things where it's how everything is wrapped together in uh, this uh, puzzle box that uh, that makes it what it is. That's fair. Uh, Bran, over to you. Did you have a favorite episode? Did anything in particular about the production stand out to you in a memorable way? Doo -doo. <laughs> I, I loved uh, Mayuri. That uh, she she was great. Uh, <laughs> I, I I can see where she would be really grating, but for some reason I was just like, "Aw, you are I know. so clueless." <laughs> <laughs> but also just, wise. It's like high wisdom, maybe she, lower intelligence, yeah. which is just because she gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. She believes in everybody, you know, yes. like she, she just fundamentally believes in everybody and really cares about them. Yes. And that gets her through basically everything, right? Like every insight she has 
is because she just she cares about how people feel um and she's just great uh but but other than that for the most part also because she really wanted a metal upa and that uh, solved everything (laughs) oh what if behind the scenes she was like all these people could go to hell i just need my (laughs) yeah if she wasn't a huge upa fanatic it turns it turns out she's the mastermind behind it all oh my god (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah, I, I, I agree. Aside from that, with uh, CT, I mean, for me, like I always love the plot puzzly bit of these kinds of stories. So it really is a lot of the story and details and fitting it all together and like going over it in my brain is actually what I really love about this kind of stuff. So it, it's great for that, and that that is really what I loved. But Mayuri is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brittany, how about you? Did you have a favorite episode, favorite aspect? Um, Favorite? I don't know, but I... I... Well, I like that. Um, this is a story that sets up circumstances wherein it makes sense to do like character studies. Or, I mean, it's probably not the right word, but words. But um, it's like you get to kind of enter a few, like, when things are getting undone, you get to enter people's lives. And it's, you know, Okabe trying to understand what's going on and get them on board with, I got to we got to change this, you know, but, um, it's kind of like you, you're exposed to microcosms of all these different characters, hopes and dreams and suffering and psychology and, but also like the, the interpersonal relationships between them too. And it's insane to like watch how that builds and what that means between different world lines um, but on a more aesthetic level, um, I really liked everyone's designs because I feel like they all had something, some, the, the way that people were dressed or certain accessories that they had made it really easy to early on connect. Okay. That, cause that at one point when I started watching it, I was like, I've been introduced to a whole bunch of characters. Now what? But it, like, there are traits of characters that pair really well with how they're presented visually. Um, like, Mayuri is in light teal sundress with a sun hat. It's, like, kind of whimsical, chill. And I don't know. I just always have that, that image of, like, oh, Mayuri falling 
front of a, a train or after getting shot and her hat just falls off tragically. Mm. And then, um, yeah, and then Curry Sue has lab coat and, mm. but it's, yeah. Um, and then, you know, Suzuha has that hairstyle that everyone had <laughs> every like, you know, third most or sorry uh, third most relevant character in anime's released <laughs> gotta have your tight braids early 2000s late yeah. 90s but we see it there i don't know maybe because she's a time traveler maybe that's the hint um high 2036 fashion is oh, what we're talking about yeah mm-hmm. we don't even know what's cycling through at that point um so um, hmm. There are a lot of things to appreciate about the show. Okay. I, and like my experience of feeling irritated when I first started watching it, but then like everything growing on me. Um, I liked it because it's kind of how things unfold in the show itself. It's how some of the characters uh, figure out, like they have to get used to each other first before they can start working together and accomplish things and understand each other. Um, yeah. Right on. So, Bran, so getting, so Brittany just kind of shared kind of her, she segued into her overall opinion. What was your overall takeaway from this series? Did good experience? Did you enjoy it? Would you watch it again? Uh, yes to all of that. I very much enjoyed it. Um, it is... It is a um, punishing show at times where you're just like, damn, you, you're going to be doing this to me. And I don't generally have a high threshold for that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm just like, eh. it's good to watch that kind of stuff once. But like if I'm going to rewatch something, I want to watch some fun, you know. Um, <laughs> but but I think this one I could potentially come back to because, again, I do enjoy these kind of time loopy things and the rewatch aspect of it is always interesting uh so yeah i probably will rewatch it at some point just just to be like oh what what was this and you know relive the time loop right on so did anybody have any closing thoughts anything that ct do you have anything that you want to bring up before we wrap things up well, I, I guess more of a question for you at this point. Okay. Uh, I know you have a tendency to rewatch things fairly often that you particularly like. Uh-huh. Uh, so in the case of Steins Gate, you, it's, as you said, it's been a number of years and you probably hadn't rewatched it all that many times in general. Is this something your overall appreciation of the series or is it more reflective of just how much like attention you have to give it (laughs) as it were in that it's uh it's meaty so it's not necessarily a comfort food kind of thing do you just have to be in a particular mood or like me is it where you more often want to be able to share it with someone or uh this is a show that I would 
enjoy rewatching. Um, like I said before, when the sequel got announced, I wanted to rewatch it. I just never got a chance. Um, and so I ended up missing out on the sequel, and that's fine. Maybe someday I'll go back to it. Someday, maybe I won't. Who knows? Um, mm. The problem with Steinsgate is, like you mentioned, it is a very meaty series. There's a lot of fine details that you have to pay attention to the first couple of times you watch it or you're going to get lost. Um, this isn't a series that I can just throw on in the background on my tablet <laughs> while I'm doing other things. Um, if I rewatch this series, it's something I want to pay attention to it. I want to take in those fine details. Um, so I don't know if this is going to ever join my regular rotation of series that I rewatch while I'm working or just gaming or whatever. Um, it's not a series that I'm against rewatching. I think, and but I think this is another case. This is one of those cases where unless I'm showing it to someone, I doubt that I'm going to watch it on my own just for fun. Gotcha. But you don't have reserve. You don't have any, uh, rebellion-like reservations about uh, watching any of the further media or Steins Gate Zero? I have reservations. I'm not against it. I would, like I mentioned, watch the sequel. Um, I think that I'm curious to see where it goes. I make no promises that I would complete the sequel. If it <laughs> goes places that I don't like, I may back out of it and see what and kind of get night and then go back once i've had an idea of you know get an idea of where it's gonna go what the overall you know what the overall consensus is on the on the quality of the story um i like referring to that every so often just just to kind of make sure i know get an idea of what i'm getting into yeah the the funny thing for me is I'm sort of metagaming that uh, in that I know that uh, the game, because Steins Gate Zero was itself a visual novel before it yeah. became an anime as well. So knowing that it's not everyone who is involved in the original game, it's got a bunch of directors on it, uh, none, not the director of the original one, Nitro Plus, I uh, don't believe was involved, whereas this was a magic ink or 5pb and nitro plus joint endeavor uh for the first one so uh -huh. i have i have fewer about the i don't want to touch the perfection of it reason why i won't watch rebellion or anything further uh from madoka magica but uh because it, you know the, this one is just all about alternate timelines and everything else so i feel like it's more interesting to take a peek at all of the world lines so uh i'm i'm not as averse to it but uh i am metagaming it uh a bit so there are concerns funny the funny thing, thing is i don't i don't recall hearing a whole lot of people's opinions about it either one way or the other i feel like yeah. uh from Madoka Magica was much more of a you knew some people really loved Rebellion or really hated Rebellion <laughs> and I don't 
as prominent as Steins Gate appreciation is, you hear almost nothing about Zero. So, not sure how to interpret that. Uh, Bran, you wanted to interject? Yeah, I was just on the topic of metagaming. Actually, ironically, I, I probably will not rewatch this for quite some time because I'm more likely to be like, you know what? Play I should it. play the game. Yep. <laughs> and that'll probably be my rewatch, so to speak. So, I, does anybody have any closing thoughts, comments that they want to throw in before we wrap things up? Uh, I appreciated that by the end of the show, the the Deus Ex Hoho in Kioma, <laughs> where um, you know he's talking to himself from the future, turned around, and um, I like that. Ultimately, like it's a show that makes you feel it has a lot of dark but also light and it complements and contrasts in ways that are fun and also not fun but um i like that overall uh it ends up having this message or this resolution of your experiences and your suffering have meaning. Even if these are experiences or things that you've learned on your own and they're not really things you can share with others because it might not make sense to some of them or they might be like, I mean, I mean, as I'm not a time traveler, I can't really um, relate. That's exactly what a time traveler trying to stay hidden would say. I know. I just... Yeah, I won't even try to, you know, make a case that I am not. Um, whoops. What what Steiners do you possess? Uh, Steiner math, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I think that's that's really that's really powerful, and it's a good thing to walk away with after watching. Uh, a series that had a lot to it like it takes you through a spectrum of emotions and settings and moments because you it is kind of a gut punch when like Mayuri is first killed because yeah you might be waiting for the other shoe to drop but it just has all these lighthearted moments and it takes the most lighthearted character and just boom goodbye well, that, that, that's and kind that, of how it makes I feel the uh, that it, whole it day demands your yeah Sorry, continue. Yeah, I, I was... Because you'd, you'd mentioned the deus ex machina point at the end, and for me, a lot of times, that is something that'll take me out of it and be like, well, you know, I was really enjoying this, but you didn't... You just pulled, uh, you know, you top-decked the ace of spades uh, uh, just to make things work at the end. And in a way... That is what it reflects, because only future Rintaro is able to save Kurisu, but the only way he gets summoned is by Mayuri being there and able to inspire him to not give up after he had the whole... You know, everyone thinks you, you have failure from the penultimate episode, yeah. and then uh, she gets to push him on, so, you know... 
being with her, saving her at the end, allows her to keep him on track, which I feel like it's Mayuri who summons uh, Super Mode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like... From the future to be able to do that last mile right at the end where all of the uh, things finally sync together and it's like, oh no, <laughs> all of that stuff, yes, did happen, but no, it wasn't what you thought it was and uh, makes it all uh, sync together pretty pretty tightly and uh, in language you used before, it's earned in this case. It's, it's satisfying to watch because... Um, yeah, most things that are a lot of good outcomes don't necessarily just happen. Um, they require work and toil and maybe you go a little bit crazy, but. So in the end, this was just one big shonen battle series. You just don't mm -hmm. give up until the end and then. Mm -hmm. San Koku Watenshi no Yohoni. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, with the no, power I'm sorry. Of <laughs> <laughs> with the power of Crunchyroll, I doubt you. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's wrap things up on that note. Thank you, CT, Brandon, Brittany, for joining me for another fun discussion. It was a blast. Thank mm -hmm. you, everybody. It's a good time was good times yes and thank, thank you, you to all of you for listening to us talk for the last hour and a half we appreciate it greatly uh if you want to go ahead and hit that like share and subscribe button it would help us out a ton uh and we hope that you will join us again for the next time we do this which will be in three months it will be in june uh ct and i haven't decided which series we're going to be discussing next time but keep pay attention to our social media feeds um on either twitter or mastodon at otaku review uh for news and announcements so otherwise have a good night everybody night folks uh, peace <laughs>